0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Dude Facts Podcast. Four guys united by their love for Jesus, coffee, and corny jokes come together to talk about culture, life, and ministry. So grab a cup of Joe, sit back, and relax. This week's episode starts now. Hey, Dude Facts family, Josh here. That's right, I'm not on the podcast this week. Um, I've been at Vacation Bible School. Um, Not for me. I don't go. I just go and take pictures of all the kids that are there. Right. So, glad you're listening. Thanks for doing that. I'm actually gonna share a little thought at the very end um, on today's topic, so we hope you'll linger around until then. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to the podcast for watching us on youtube uh, listening on spotify google apple wherever you are just want to ask that you continue to like comment share subscribe smoke signal whatever you gotta do uh, to help us get the word out we're really excited about the future of the podcast some of the topics that are coming up and we want as many people as possible to hear it because at the end of the day, although we're joking around, although we're going to have fun, although I'm probably going to yell at my dog for barking, it's all about Jesus and making his name known and celebrating who he is. So we hope that you'll share the podcast with your friends and continue listening. Thanks for sticking around for part number two. I think you're really going to enjoy it and I'll be back with you guys next week. Happy listening. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Dude
1: Facts podcast. This is part two. We want you to stick around. There's going to be some good discussion, but it's also going to be very humorous as Ryan and I are holding down the fort tonight um, or today, whenever you're listening to this. We record this at night, but uh, we want to talk a little bit about worldview and getting outside our bubble. And I promised if you listen to the last. Session, the first part of this that I was going to show you a video, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But I want to set up what we're going to talk about here. Um, but we don't want this to be a a part two to our missions podcast that we did a while back. Um, we we talked about missions, and we'll talk a little bit about missions. But it's not just missions that expands our worldview um, or gets us outside that bubble. Um, but we wanted to use our shared experience of going to China in 2008 as an example of expanding our worldview and perspective. And so that's really the heart of what we want to get across. But to get into that, I want to talk first about biblical worldview. Uh, scripture is very clear that to think wrongly about God is idolatry. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not Proverbs 2.6 says, all wisdom comes from the Lord. So we know that wisdom comes from God. That is something, um, you know, he, he is the source. He is, he is all-knowing. And so as we talk about having a biblical worldview, it's not just this book. It is the revelation of God, but it is God's wisdom, God's knowledge that he has given to us. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the Lord gives us direction, he gives us guidance in his word, through his commands, through Jesus's life and the great commission. And so I think we understand biblical worldview. And so the, the heart of this isn't that we're gonna sit here and just talk specifically about biblical worldview. Um, I think we we know and understand that we should operate with a biblical worldview. Um, and so what that means is that we go to scripture, We Um, allow God's Word to shape how we live. We not take our presuppositions into Scripture and our secular worldviews and try to make them compatible with Scripture, because this is going to lead to bad translation, false prophecy, (coughs) flat earth, uh, things like that. But with that said, it's important that we as Christians also get outside of our bubble. Um, We not hide our heads in the sand, um, it's important that we we get outside those norms, our comforts, um, not as a way to enjoy the riches of the world. That's not what we're talking about, but to understand how to love our world, to understand how to lead our world to Jesus, and to share the gospel. Um, that we grasp a true appreciation for the lostness of our world, and uh, you know, getting that understanding that perspective so that we have an urgent. Um, heart into bringing God's truth to a world that is dying and desperately needs it, because that's our mission, as we know from Scripture and as we know from Jesus Christ. So that's really the heart of what we want to talk about, is how do we do that as Christians, sort of develop that deeper perspective? We have a biblical worldview. Now, how do we develop that deeper perspective for our world so that we can be most effective for God's kingdom? And so as we talk about developing a grand perspective and getting outside of our bubble um what what does that mean to you ryan like like what are some ways that that you see that we do that um i think that the important
2: thing to that for for that you know to in my mind is we need to understand that other cultures are different and we need to Mm -hmm. approach them differently and we can't just approach everybody like Somebody who is the same as us, because the world is vast. There's lots of different, um, not only like cultures, but the things that make up that culture. But whether that being their history or their, in you know, just like their customs, things like that. And when we expand our view to think of that, when we're, um, when we're going out with the ultimate purpose of you know spreading the gospel and sharing Jesus with the lost, you know, when we think of that, it's it helps us to meet them on their level instead of trying to ex going somewhere and expecting someone to meet us at our level. Cause that, I feel like that is always going to fail mm-hmm. most, you know, nine times out of 10, when you go, you go to some strange place and you're the, you're the outsider and you try to meet them, you try to bring them to your level. They're not going to be receptive to that. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that part of expanding our worldview is going to make us more effective for the kingdom.
1: Yeah, absolutely, because our world is so unique and diverse, and it's very easy to get into our little corner of it and think everybody thinks the same way, everybody sees the world the same way. And even in our own cities or towns, yeah. um, there are varying worldviews and cultures right there. Like one part of town can see the world completely different than just two miles down the road. Another part yeah. of town, Clarksville is that way. It's very diverse. And so that that is part of it. Um, so I am an army chaplain and, uh, one of the reasons, um, that I enjoy talking about this is because of how army chaplaincy has really expanded my perspective and enhanced my worldview. So I worked in the church for, um, I mean, seven full years, but really even before that, I mean, o- over a decade and, um, Enjoyed it. A lot of good things came from that and I wouldn't trade it for the world and absolutely um, Had a blast serving God in that capacity and loving people in the church Would do it again if God called me to it But God called me out of that um, Sort of through a Jonah experience which we can get into another time but um, Part of it was because I was comfortable Like Jonah was comfortable where he was he didn't want to go and have to do something Uncomfortable but I was comfortable and God called me out of that bubble into the Army, which, even though it's still in the United States, um, very different culture, and Mm -hmm. obviously has sent me all around the world as well. Um, But it was amazing how I went from being in that church bubble to the Army bubble and being around people that desperately need Jesus, that are lost, a very dark place, a place that deals with life and death. Um, Immediately I saw how people just right down the road from me, because— the last church I served in was here, I mean, right down the road from an army post, how people right down the road from me think so differently and see the world so differently. And so my eyes were just open to that. And so we'll talk about this personally and from our experiences, but uh, hit on some other things as well. But one of the ways that we did this, Ryan and I, um, in our time um, you know, in ministry together and also um, in Texas together, Um, and expanding our perspective and worldview and understanding God's love and his grandness and the lostness of our world was when we went to China in 2008. We took this trip to China with our church in Texas, and there was about, what, 20, 25 of us that that went on this trip? And so 2008, to give you the setting, 2008, the summer of 2008 was actually um, the same time that the Summer Olympics were in Beijing, China. And so we landed in Beijing. And it was funny at the time because you land and everything around the airport and like within a mile or two of the Beijing airport looked immaculate. It was oh, yeah. clean. It was beautiful. All the buildings were new. You saw the stadium for the Olympics. <laughs> it was like, clearly this is what the China wants the world to see whenever they yeah. broadcast the Olympics. <laughs> and then as soon as you got out of that, it was garbage. Oh yeah, and I'm not meaning that to be a jerk, but that's just the best way I can describe it. It was it was run down. Um, you know, there was a lot of poverty. Um, it, it stunk, trash, all yeah. that. And and we'll talk and we'll get into that a little bit. But Ryan and I, um, that first day, um, we were paired up in a in a at the hotel um, in a room, and uh, we got to our Super Eight Motel <laughs> in China. And this is, all, this is new to both of us. Neither one of us had been to China. We're halfway across the world. And we click on the TV, and we see something. This was, the, this was our first sort of indoctrination to China, and we want to share this with you as I share this video. And you may have oh, yes. seen this. If, if so, just relive it with us. Imagine being in Beijing, China, turning on the TV, and this being the very first thing you see. So I'm going to bring this up on my screen. Okay, maybe it disappeared. Hold on a second. Let me bring it back real quick. I got to find it. (laughs) Um, Because this is just too good. And if you are, so if you are just listening to this right now, here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. It's okay, you can keep listening. But I'm going to encourage you at some point, go to YouTube. And um, at about you know, 40 minutes into the podcast, just fast forward and get to this part because you need to watch this. All right, so let's try this again. I think I got it back up. Best commercial ever.
2: <laughs> I just want to say that the end where it says Cadbury chocolate and everything—we're in China, so that's all in Chinese. We have no idea what this says. <laughs> and I believe it was also like, like it was like a newscast was talking about this, and like they were playing it, kind of like in yeah, that's in right, the background. And so like we just thought that they had a trained gorilla playing the drums.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea <laughs> that this was a guy in a suit. I thought for real. I thought. Clearly, Chinese gorillas are far superior to our gorillas, because they can teach their gorillas to play drums.
2: And he he was wearing, like, in-ears and everything. (laughs) I was like, I I didn't even think about that then, but I was watching that. I was like, man, that's a really (laughs) really talented gorilla. (laughs) I know. I mean,
1: they're teaching their gorillas to play drums to Phil Collins. I mean, we clearly are not the superior country I thought we were. And I I just want to
2: say, for anyone who thinks that, like, oh, of course, that was a man in a suit, like, how could you not tell? imagine being severely jet lagged just yes. exhausted we like almost a near it was almost a 24 hour flight to beijing yep um and then we get to, we get to there and we're just you know we're totally out of it and that's just the first thing you see with no context and no no explanation and
1: and it, it was 2008 yes so you didn't have the smartphones readily available to where you could like see everything. I mean, you, they had Google and the internet and all mm-hmm. that stuff, but it wasn't as common as it is now. I mean, you couldn't find answers as quickly. Yep. So it wasn't like we were going to our phones. Was this real? Um, you know, we're just seeing this and it was a little TV. Yeah, it was a little like remember. tube
2: TV. Like, yeah, like straight out of 1986. Yeah.
1: And so the quality <laughs> wasn't that great. We just see a gorilla playing drums and we're like, Holy cow. <laughs> Like this is unbelievable. Like, where where are we? And I'm
2: pretty sure we actually thought that that was a gorilla playing drums until we like got back to the
1: states. <laughs> I did until like seven years later. <laughs> and you saw I was it, like, oh, like, oh man, the dude in a suit—that's a ripoff. Like, dang. But uh, yeah, I th- I thought China was really cool.
0: Wadu, Jiang wadu,
1: ni hao.
2: Yes, China is really cool, but. They would have been cooler. had they Yes, had actual way
1: cooler. Yeah, that would have made Beijing like Beijing awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> so we that was our first experience. We do have a few pictures that I'd like to show, and so I'm going to share my screen again. You aren't going to see me for a second. That's okay. The pictures are much better. How's that? Yeah. Oh, there's the TV. So yeah. so this is our room. There's the TV. So we we're, we weren't lying. There's my butt with some cargo shorts so you can tell it was a long time ago.
2: That was the size of the TV I had all throughout college. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm staring out the window after probably seeing the gorilla and just thinking like what have I been doing with my life? Like I can't play the drums that good but this gorilla can. <laughs> so unbelievable. Look at look at our reading lights there. Very very nice. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I want to say I don't know if I don't know if you had the picture of it but there were the, those mattresses were very thin just mm, like just yes. like a pad almost <laughs> and underneath it just just hard wood. Yeah. <laughs> like those be, those bed frames were just solid wood.
1: But yeah, that was probably the most comfortable bed we had the entire time we were there. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> Cuz <'Cause laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that too. I I like this picture on the wall up here just I don't know what it is, nah, but, I but think it, it's crooked too. You know, we, we in the States in our hotel rooms, we had these giant pictures of just like different, like views of cities and art and things like, I, I don't know what that is.
2: <laughs> I'm still amazed that super eight was a thing in China.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was not as super as I was hoping. No. Um, oh yeah. I think that was in our room. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. We, we did now. not do that. Um, <laughs> just in case you're wondering. Um, I I don't really know why that was a mug in China, but it yeah, was a
2: luchador. <laughs> <clears throat> so this was a um, this was like the the continental breakfast basically that the Super Eight had.
1: That's right. That
2: we <laughs> ate at the the next morning that um had some mystery biscuits filled with meat that were pretty good actually. Yes, and um and uh, goat milk. So yep. which <laughs> was really funny because uh britney one of the people that was with us she uh um she was like oh yes yeah, some milk finally because she did she didn't drink water she hates you know a lot of different <laughs> drinks and so she was like oh some milk and i knew it was goat milk before she was gonna drink it because i had tried it first <laughs> and i was just waiting for her and she tasted it and she's like oh this is sour <laughs>
1: <laughs> who knows how old it was too yeah that's true I, I just imagine they milked it from a goat out back. They but. probably did. It's yeah. one they found behind the dumpster. Here you go. What, what was funny is they advertised that as a Western breakfast, and it was so not West. I mean, maybe Western China. It was fried rice. and <laughs> like This is not I, – I remember seeing that good. and thinking, like man, rice, but... we're going to get some eggs and bacon and, like, biscuits. No, not at all. Not at all. It was totally not – I mean, Western China, maybe, but definitely not Western – Uh, United States oh there there is uh that this was actually around the Olympic uh, village right Mm -hmm. yeah okay not sure what is that a mouse doing shot put
2: they had a bunch of like mascots for the Olympics that like I never saw anywhere except when we were in China like they weren't on any like you know broadcasting for the Olympics so but they they were all over stuff there so I didn't (laughs) uh, I don't understand really what they were
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Ryan just hanging out with uh mascot. Oh, there's Ryan at uh, – this was in uh, Beijing. What, what was that called?
2: Was, was this uh, – so we went to the Forbidden City. Yeah, Was Forbidden that City. what this was? Yeah. Yes.
1: Yep, that's the Forbidden City. That was a lot of fun. It. So they were amazed to see Americans, which I always thought was funny. Especially oh, yeah. if you had light hair. Oh, if you were blonde-headed, oh, my gosh, you had
2: people just all over you. It was yes. crazy.
1: <laughs> when I, so I flew back separately from you guys because I had to get back – few days early mm-hmm. and when yeah. I was on a plane I was on my first flight was with all Chinese nationals and I'm the only American on the entire flight I had people taking pictures with me like selfies like I was a celebrity I'm like I'm, I'm nobody <laughs> like why are you taking pictures of me but It was so funny should um, offer to
2: sign something for him yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> well luckily there was a um a college student sitting next to me who she was Chinese but went to college in the States, oh, uh, somewhere in the Northeast. And you. she actually said, yeah, they, and it was men that were taking pictures with me. And she was like, yeah, they think you're very handsome. I was like, well, I don't know what to think about that, <laughs> but all right. I appreciate that. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> there is Ryan uh, yep. taking the bull, taking by, the the bull by the horns. Literally. Literally. He, he did that. <laughs> I, I did
2: that just so I could say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's our group hanging out at the Forbidden City.
2: Oh yeah. The Forbidden City was so cool. There were so many things, just like historically uh, Chinese there. It was a lot of fun.
1: Oh, yeah. This was fun because (laughs) they had so many signs that they would translate into English, but the English was way off.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is one of my favorite ones.
1: (laughs) You can almost hear that in an accent, too. Speaking cell phone is strictly prohibited when (laughs) thunderstorm. So great. Oh, there's us at a Walmart. Yeah. Just so proof is, that Walmart's this everywhere. This is the actual Walmart.
2: This is this is when we were in Shenyang. But um when we were in Beijing, we were walking around and found the Wu Mart. Yes. Is, we thought it was just like the Chinese version of Walmart and then we actually found a Walmart in
1: Shenyang. <laughs> yeah. I I thought the Wu Mart at first we would find the Wu Tang Clan, but we did not. <laughs> nope, just a whole roasted wiener dog yeah. kind on of a stick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So that part of it is true. If your worldview thinks that they eat dogs, um, some do. Yes. Some some do. Yeah, Un- we we did we did discuss
2: that with our um, speaking partners there. Yes,
1: not not <laughs> a, a lot of them don't as well. So yes. don't think that they all do, but there are some that do. But but I'll share this since we're talking about Wu Mart, um, and we're talking about worldview and perspective. So we were in uh, Wu Mart, and uh, I walked. Um, up to the cashier. And before I got there, this, this Chinese man stopped me. And uh, obviously he knew I was American because I'm white. I look different. And uh, he said, are you from, he spoke English. He said, you, you're from United States? I said, yes. And he said, where? And I said, Texas. And uh, he said, oh, I, I've been to New York. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I've been to New York too. And he said, Texas, very violent there. I said, oh, oh, really? I said, you, you you, think so? I mean, I don't think Texas is violent. And he said, yes, I see Texas westerns. And his entire view of Texas came from western movies. Yeah. So that was his perspective of if Texas. If that is your
2: perspective of Texas, then you probably do think Texas is pretty violent. <laughs> <I> <laughs> so mean, American
1: he, movies are pretty violent. <laughs> he thought we were all riding around on horses uh, with six shooters.
2: <laughs> you, you know partially true you know i I grew up in texas there's a lot of people riding around on horses it's it's not uncommon but uh no not not that dangerous although i'm pretty sure some people in america also would think texas is dangerous oh yeah i think just a bunch of crazy armed texans out there i mean we do think
1: of texas as having a lot of guns but it's nothing like you see in western movies in my house yeah (laughs) But it was so funny how limited his worldview and perspective was of Texas because he's so used to his corner and all he got of Texas was what he saw in Hollywood oh, yeah. Western movies. Well,
2: yeah, it'd be the equivalent of if like if I went and saw you know a Jet Li in Fearless or something like that, or like watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I was like, oh, that's what China's like. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I've seen Mulan. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it is.
2: Now, I did I do want to say that it was funny. I think it was. Maybe when we, I know it was when we were in Beijing, but I don't know if it was when we were walking to the womb or not, but we'd walk, we'd walk down the street and, you know, just a group of a bunch of white Americans in a, in China that stick out. So we're walking down the street and you hear groups of people as we're walking by, they'll just be talking in Chinese. And then all of a sudden you'll hear like American or something slip in, you know, that that they don't (laughs) have like a real word for. And, uh, every time they do that, I'd be like, it's nice to know that everyone's just talking about us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We did. We stuck out like a sore thumb. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I was speaking of sticking out, um, you can see that <laughs> Chinese man staring at me as I'm hanging on to... Uh, you know, public transportation was so gross there. We already talked about the lines trying to get on the bus. Oh, I, yeah. I was sitting down one time, and we were packed into a bus like sardines, <laughs> and some Chinese lady stood right in front of me, grabbed the pole, and just had a whole pit of armpit hair oh, right yeah. in my face.
2: And they so. don't, I don't know if they use a lot of deodorant in China. No. Um, I think they use a lot of more like natural yeah. smelling remedies that some people in America use and it doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a <laughs> lot of BO floating around.
1: Definitely a lot of bow going <laughs> around. Oh, there's me at the the Great Wall. Um, yep. It was a little rainy and cloudy that day. we go all the way across the world to see the Great Wall of China and our pictures were all uh, cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> I had one
2: picture, I don't know if you have it, but um it was basically, you know, when we had gotten up a little bit on the Great Wall.
1: Oh, that might be my last one.
2: Oh. Um, but you look down and it's just clouds. <laughs> it was um, Hi, I'm back. But uh but yeah, like also going up the Great Wall is is a is a trek.
1: It's <laughs> yes. I I will say this is the one thing that Hollywood got right. If you saw Kung Fu Panda, where he had to walk up the stairs, yeah, that is literally what you're doing on the Great Wall of China. Yep, <laughs> the very steep stairs that go and, on forever. And like
2: the 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 taller or the higher you got, the taller this each step got. So you're getting to the point <laughs> where they're like you know foot and a half, two foot steps. So yep. like you know your your legs are just burning after oh, yeah. it's a, great a great few minutes out. walking
1: on that. <laughs> I remember walking so far on that thing, just wanting to see if I, if we could ever get to like a level part and, and I'm wanting to say it had to have been at least a half a mile, but a half a mile up these stairs, Mm steep stairs was a workout and I just felt like an eternity. You're just climbing like this mountain on the wall. And I remember getting all the way up to, um, uh Oh, that's cut out. Oh, yep. happen well poop <laughs> it's all right want to get back in here
2: it's still recording though is it yeah
1: let me let me get out and get back in yeah it's done that a couple times Maybe when you get back in it'll
2: just start the recording will start working just to make sure the audio is working
1: well, Riverside is just spinning. Well, that's good. On, let me is there
2: an internet issue on your laptop?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what's been going on tonight. Well, I'm still saying I'm not getting internet.
2: Mm.
1: Hmm. Hmm. All right, well, maybe I'm up now. There it goes.
2: This whole time it's recording, like, it can see me, but it can't hear me because my audio is coming through the RODECaster. (laughs)
1: All right, go to studio. I am not using headphones. Hey. And it's recording again.
2: It's, it never stopped oh it's probably just going to be a couple minutes of me just by myself with no audio <laughs> because my audio is on the mixer
1: <laughs> well i'm not sure where it it left off but i would just say we walked all the way up to a very high point on the great wall of china and i felt accomplished at first because it was such a great workout but then i saw like a little old lady with a cart selling magnets which i did buy one um, and I thought, how does she get up here every day? Like this, like eighty year old woman can walk up these stairs probably with no problem and that? bring this cart. So I remember
2: walking up, and there was like we we got up basically like one section, and then there was like a big like you know covered area when people walking around taking pictures and whatnot. Was that was she there? At yeah. That first one. Okay, because yeah, that was the so. one that I stopped at, and I, you guys were like, I'm gonna keep going. I was like, nope, I'm here. You guys picked me up on the way back. <laughs> I was done.
1: That's awesome.
2: My thighs were burning after that day. <laughs> the walk down was even worse. Oh, like I, yeah. I, I almost, like, yeah. fell multiple times. and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to fall off the side of this mountain in China.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but, man, so many great stories and memories from that trip. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about some uh, that are funny and then transition into some uh, really that, that really shaped our worldview and I think bursted that bubble for us. Mm-hmm. But uh, we talked about this one, I think, back during the Missions podcast, and that is when me and you, and not the Josh of this podcast, but a different Josh mm-hmm. and Brittany had to take a cab from the Forbidden City back to our Super 8 motel in China. <laughs> now, Josh, Josh is a very big dude he's a big texas boy was he like six five maybe yeah he's yeah. a very big broad big guy farm built guy um you know all, all of us compared to the chinese really are except for britney um yeah. they're just big boys right in. um <laughs> britney was small but um we went one we, none of us speak a lick of of mandarin all i had was a literal like pocket translator thing that i that i was holding on to just in case I got into trouble. Somebody had translated on like a post-it note directions for the cab driver. Basically, I think it said, take these people to the super eight motel at this address or whatever it said. I'm not sure what it said. It could have said, kill them in a back alley. (laughs) But anyways, (laughs) I I do know it had the number eight on there. Um, That was all I knew. Yep. So we hand that to the cab driver and uh, he sort of nods his head and, um, we get into the cab and he just looks at us and I remember him just going, whoa.
2: <laughs> I, like, I think he, he said, he said, whoa. And then like, cause Josh got in first and then I got in and when I got in, he was like, whoa,
1: <laughs> his perspective was blown away. We, yeah. we burst his bubble. <laughs> well, so he starts driving us. We have no idea where we are, how to navigate. Nope. Um, and uh, after a few miles, we're driving down all these, like, little tiny roads and dark alleys. We get to um, a, an alley that had a door that had a number 8 on the door. It was like an address number 8 on the door. or something, yeah. And he stops, and he looks at us and motions for us to get out. And I'm like, no, like, wait a second. Um, this isn't where we're supposed to be. And, of course, he doesn't understand us. Well, he gets out of the car and he opens the back door and he starts trying to kick you guys out. And I think Brittany may have gotten out of the car at that time.
2: Uh, no, um, or almost. <laughs> he tried to pull her out. Oh what yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we were, and it was just like the biggest commotion. I, did we end up getting out there and walking, or did we get him to finally take
1: us to? We got him to finally take us. Okay. So, so I yelled at Brittany, "Get back in the car." And she got back in, <laughs> and I had my little pocket translator, and I found the word for hotel. Yeah. yeah. And I pointed to it, and I, I pointed to that, and then I pointed to the eight. To the eight, yeah. And I think a light bulb finally clicked. He's like, oh. And he was like, oh. oh. And he got back in, and, and he drove us like another two miles yeah, to I remember the hotel. Yeah, very quickly. It
2: wasn't that far, but like you know, it was it was uh, definitely a different area than we were, um, and through back alley streets. Oh, yeah. With almost no room for this car. Like, <laughs> I, I thought multiple times we were going to clip either a person or just like the walls. Yeah. It was crazy.
1: Or a dog, which would become food for somebody. And he was driving really fast down these alleys, too. He like, was. Incredibly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember having a fleeting thought at one point that if he kicks us out, like, w- you know, we might as well become Chinese. We're dead. Yeah. Like, like, how are we ever going to get back? We, it, It's not like we had. The cell phone technology. We had cell phones, but they didn't work over there. Oh, yeah. So, how, who are we going to call? I didn't pay for a ro- national N- roaming plan. Yeah. <laughs> none of us speak the language. We're, we're screwed. Yep. And uh, luckily, a light bulb clicked and he got us to the right place. Yeah. And I was like, Whew, and okay. so I couldn't, because there, there
2: was one point we walked from so. but I think that was like before we got in the cab. We were just yeah. kind of walking around and like, you know, checking out China a little bit. Um, and I, I just remember. Uh, Floyd Senior walking around with this and just saying some of the funniest things about China. uh <laughs> a, a no abla comment is still one of my favorites. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: and and who was it that he told that to? Um, I don't remember. It's like a gate guard or something. Yeah, something like that. We were walking
2: around. It's like no <laughs> abla.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and you have to know the Ingrams too. We 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 love them, but um they were they're originally from mississippi but they very much embrace the texas culture um, very southern american uh to the core and and you're, you're bringing them out of southern america to china yeah. and so they they have experience with spanish because we have a lot of spanish speaking in texas and in, in the united states and um, we were trying to get into a building or into a gate and there's this gate guard security there who's obviously speaking Mandarin. We don't speak it. Yep. And he's yelling something in Mandarin to us. And Floyd Sr. was like, no, nope. no habla. No. Which is Spanish, if yep. you didn't know that.
2: And Which, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was telling us like we couldn't be there. Like yeah. we need to leave. And
1: he and was and, saying, uh, I mean, he like, might as well have been. We're going to get arrested for speaking Spanish yeah. to a <laughs> Chinese guard. He, he might as well have been saying this
2: Buongiorno. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it was like. (laughs) Saying that to someone who speaks, you know,
1: African. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like Nigerian or something. (laughs) So we all stayed in this apartment. And um, in that apartment, I mean, I don't even remember what floor we were on, but we were high up. Oh, yeah. Like 10th floor or something. And uh, there was like 12 of us in this apartment. Ryan and I slept on an inflatable bed on a hardwood floor that I don't think
2: held air one night the entire time we woke up every
1: (laughs) single morning on a flat bed on a hard floor and it was very cold and um there was one bathroom in this apartment yep and oh by the way we all 12 shared the bathroom so the shower (laughs) and the toilet um the bathroom wasn't very big also you cannot flush the toilet in China. Um, but you can't flush paper. Oh, you can't flush paper. Yeah, you yeah. Can flush the yeah. toilet. Yeah, you can flush, flush your, 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 your pee and your poop, but no yeah. uh, uh, paper. So you had to put the paper in a trash can, which was right next to the toilet. And the problem with that is with 12 people over the course of a week, it filled up rather quickly. Mm-hmm. And so it stunk. Because um, we, we all had to go number two and, uh, you know, release ourselves. <laughs> and uh, we didn't want to go into that bathroom to shower or to use the bathroom. So the guys specifically started opting for peeing and empty, I believe they were Gatorade bottles.
2: Yes. And I don't think I was one of these guys. but <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm ashamed to say I think I did it one time. Cause I was so desperate. Thought somebody, somebody was taking a shower or something. Yeah, they're somebody like, was go. in the shower for like forty-five <laughs> minutes using that little dribbling shower. And I was like, I gotta go. So I, I went into a bottle, and uh, I remember asking a couple of the guys, um, "All right, w- what are we doing now that we peed in a bottle? Are we just leaving this like in the corner of the room?" And they're like, "No, we're we're just pouring it out the window." Yeah, <laughs> they were literally pouring the pee out of the window from like ten feet in the air of this high-rise building. And so P was just hitting the ground. I don't know if yeah. anybody ever got hit, but that—that um, that I think was the most American thing we could have possibly done. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think so. It's like all these people are like, "Yeah, they're those are Americans." <laughs> well, there was they're one now.
2: particular street that we walked by that, that probably wouldn't have stuck out much. I don't know if you remember. There was a so there was like a when we first got there there was like a food. Almost like it seemed like a farmer's market type thing. Like people would just come in from the countryside and were like selling food, like vegetables and fruit and stuff on the street. And there was like a whole street that was just covered with vendors. And then they all left, but they left a bunch of rotten food just like sitting on the sides of the street. So like, as time progressed while we were there, it just stunk worse and worse. (laughs) I think I remember that. there was like a mall or something that was like several blocks down. That like we had to walk past this to get to theirs and. We ate there. We went there quite a bit because we would get like KFC or you know Pizza Hut or something like yeah. that. Yeah, um, we, we wanted our American <laughs> food,
1: which it doesn't taste the same. Just in case no, you wonder, doesn't
2: KFC <laughs> actually might be mildly better? Um, but uh, but yeah, that that street just got it got to the point where I had to hold my breath every time we walked by that way. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, this is insane! This is so stinky. I
1: I actually got up to run a couple of mornings <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I would run by, like, stinky trash, and, yep. and I'd be jogging, listening to my music, and then just smell, like, nastiness. And I was like, oh. And then, like, five feet away, you see all these um, old, older Chinese people doing, like, Tai Chi in the morning. Yeah. It's like, how can they do this right next to this trash? I, I just <laughs> That doesn't seem like that would be very, like, zen or whatever they were going mm-hmm. for, um, I because I couldn't stand it but um it's funny when we talk about food there was some great food there oh yeah um and and i remember uh like you said the the you know the the exchange rate um for us worked out really well in our favor Mm -hmm. and so things were cheap i remember going to a dumpling restaurant and just buying like a whole tray of chinese dumplings and it was literally like a dollar oh yeah and uh you know there was like four of us that went with Two college students, two local Chinese college students, and um, oh my goodness, just the amount of food that we ate, and they were shocked <laughs> at the fact that like we ate as much as we so did. So we like
2: ordered like you know they had like they had uh, pork, beef, seafood, like you know like three different options or something. Yeah, like that. and so we ordered, we got like one of each and like a double of like one of the other ones. And after we got done with that round, we were like, "Okay, give us some more." And we just—I think we went (laughs) like two or three more rounds after that. Yeah. And the entire time, so this place didn't have sodas like a normal like American Mm -hmm. restaurant would have, but it was above a hotel that had sodas in the lobby. So That's the people right. at this restaurant were going down to the hotel, getting us sprites out of the, <laughs> the hotel lobby and bringing them back up. So we just had, like, piles of – and they're, they're dirt cheap, so, like, I, I think I drank, like, four or five myself. I, I think cans I of Sprite. Too. And so we just had piles of cans of Sprite and then empty um, – baskets from the dumplings <laughs> it was the most american <laughs> looking thing and i think the
1: entire meal was like 12 dollars. yeah it was really cheap <laughs> I, mean, I mean we were like high rollers i mean we're just sitting here like nope. you know we're we're some swanky like <laughs> high rolling americans just eating all this food and, and that was
2: delicious that was the first time i had ever had chinese dumplings steamed dumplings and it mm. was oh it was amazing yes in china yeah too, i was, never never went awesome. back I've eaten it many times <laughs> since
1: <laughs> didn't you eat a fish eyeball while we were there
2: um so i took a bite of a fish head oh yeah so like because we did when we were in beijing we did like a, a, a like a, a tourist kind of tour thing that involved us going to the great wall and then we went to i think it was like a jade factory it seemed like a sweatshop oh yeah, yeah um yeah. <laughs> they walked us through we, there we literally <laughs> saw in
1: the chinese sweatshops yeah
2: we walked us through there and then like at the end of that was like oh you get you know a meal's the part of it and uh and there was a, a whole cooked fish like fried fish with the head on still so yeah I with took the eyeball the, looking at you
1: yep I, apparently it's good luck to eat the eyeball yeah i, I think i remember yeah and ryan was the only one brave enough to do it So yeah. <laughs> one of the many times that i've ate a gross thing. Do you feel like you had luck after that? I feel like I did. Yeah. Okay. So maybe maybe there's something to it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so many, so many great stories. Um, and, and if you're wondering like, why did we go to China? Like what was the reason for it? And, uh, how did that shape our perspective? Well, we went there, um, really to, to do kingdom work and, um, you have to be strategic when you do that over there and so we we were able to partner with some college students meet some college students and hang out with them talk to them develop a relationship with them and uh to me that blew me away as well um just one working with talking to educated chinese people Mm mm-hmm um, but yet seeing how limited their worldview and perspective were and knowing and yeah. how, how ours were that way mm-hmm. as well. There, there's this Chinese proverb that actually says, if you want to know what water is, don't ask the fish. And, uh, you know, meaning that, you know, we obviously see water as something that uh, gives life, but fish see it as this is home for me. Right. And sometimes we can get so caught up in where we live that we don't even understand fully the magnitude of where we live and the opportunities that we have. And, um, you know, we just see it very one dimensionally. And that was clearly, I think something that God spoke to me as we went there of just expanding how great the world is, our great big round world. Um, but how populated the world was as well, because we went to the top of that apartment building And I remember going to the top of it and just staring off into the distance and just seeing apartment buildings, high-rise apartment buildings, Mm -hmm. for as far as my eyes could see. And we're up, I mean, this is probably like 15 stories or so. We're up on top of it, so we can see pretty far, miles and miles and miles. And it's just miles of apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. And Shenyang, I don't remember, is it like the eighth largest city in China or something like Uh... that? Or, Or... Actually, I think it may be way less than that, but it yeah. had like over a million people yeah. there and in Shenyang. Yeah, and it's still pretty small, and it's,
2: it's you know northern China. You know, and and really like right next to Shenyang is basically like you know if you get to the if you get to the edge of the city, which I did by accident on a <laughs> um, a bus with uh, one other person, uh, we got there and it's just like it looks like a barren wasteland out out that way. But like the other way, like the city is just so there's so many people compacted into this area and it's it's just insane and that's and that was like a relatively small city for uh, for china and they had like you know a university and like you know big like shopping areas and stuff like it wasn't like a small town yeah it was it was still like a big a city that you would think of a big city here
1: yeah absolutely i mean it it, it was it, it just blew me away like how large the city was for being not, not even one of their biggest cities but yeah. also again just seeing those apartment buildings and I'm thinking I, I there's apartment buildings as far as I could see knowing those are all filled with thousands upon thousands yep. of people um I god really gave me an appreciation being up there about the amount of people that yeah. were in China of course we know China's in the most populated country. I think India has just passed it actually. Now. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Just recently like this year uh, or last year, but, um, you know, China is, you know, does have a lot of people, a lot more than, uh, the United States does, but it blew me away how many people were there and lived there, but also how many of those people don't know Christ. Yeah. Um, cause we know that, you know, it is obviously a communist country. Um, it's not impossible to uh worship god there um not even as restrictive well, as i thought as we thought was that it was one of the
2: surprising things cuz we walked by like a christian bookstore yeah. in china and um you know it, it's like it's it's like the christianity is not outlawed in china but like free unrestricted christianity is and yeah. so like it's like it's like okay you can believe this but it has to be like the sanitized version that the government allows.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're, you're. There's no separation of church and state right. there. I mean, it is very much the state oversees the church, yep. and so you have to worship in accordance with how the state tells you. Um. So obviously, like you said, sanitized. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, technically, there there are elements of worship that can occur there. Um, and then they do have churches that are more free from state control, but it's only for people that are not Chinese nationals. Right. Because we went to a church that yep. was run by mostly Africans, and um, I think I had some Australians and others. Yeah. But you had to show your passport to get into. Yep, you had to uh, prove or, that you were not visa. a Chinese citizen. Yep, you had to be able to get into it. And so that, that was very eye-opening in fact at that christian bookstore i bought a um actually it obviously couldn't read anything Mm -hmm. i was just trying to find anything that i recognized and the one book that i recognized on the shelf was rick warren's purpose-driven life because it had a very like distinctive um cover and uh, of course it's in mandarin and i thought i'm gonna buy this and i had the opportunity to Um, speak to two college students in particular. They were college seniors, what we would know as college seniors. Uh, They were gonna get married, they were engaged. Mm -hmm. Um, Very smart, asked me a lot of good questions, but I ended up buying that book for them. But what blew me away was a conversation that I had with them, because uh, one of the first conversations when we began talking is they asked me what I did, and I told them that I was a youth minister and they had no idea what that was. Yep. And I had to explain it. I was like, well, I, I work in a church with teenagers and, um, you know, teach them about my faith, Christianity. And they were like, oh, okay. And, and they still didn't understand, but I think at least knew the term Christianity. Right. And we got on a bus um, to take a trip one day. I think it was the day that we went and ate all the dumplings. And... Uh, he taps me on the shoulder and he said, tell me all about Christianity. Yeah. And so it was about a 45 minute bus ride, but I I had to give him a synopsis of the entire Bible (laughs) in 45 minutes. Uh, And I was not prepared for that, to be honest, but I I did the best that I could. talking about creation and ultimately led to Jesus and him coming to earth and dying for our sins. And so it was an awesome opportunity to share the gospel with them um but what blew me away is they had never heard that ever mm-hmm. and here we are in a metropolitan city with millions of people educated people at a university there um and by by educated i mean they were about to graduate so yeah college degree metropolitan city you would think th- these people have an understanding or at least a worldview where they understand culture and religion enough Right. Even if it's not their religion or not one that they practice or that's commonly practiced in China. But they had no idea. It was the first time that they had heard that. And I remember thinking before that, that people that haven't really heard the name Jesus or people that are out in remote areas of the world, you know, that people are on islands that are in islands that people never go to or that mm-hmm. you can only get to by boat or, you know, really deep parts of Africa where, you know, people don't get to. Um, Tribes that we don't really interact with because they're violent, or places in Siberia. You know, those are my thoughts. Like yeah. those are the places where the gospel, and I think for a lot of us, that's what we think. Because you know, the World Wide Web, TV, radio, all that out there. Right. But here we are, people in a metropolitan city, in the biggest country in the world, have never heard the gospel, and that I think more than anything shaped. A big part of just my worldly perspective rocked my bubble, if you will. Thinking, wow, like,
2: yeah, I I think I think it's something we take for granted that when you when we think of America, you you think of even the even the most like non-Christian areas of America. Those people have heard about Mm -hmm. Jesus and Christianity before. You know, they at least have some cursory knowledge. But like, when you go to a place where somebody's like never even heard that before and it's something completely new to them that that is you know eye changing you know eye opening and world view changing to uh, of a other thing to experience and and it did that it definitely did that for me as well and i think um one of the beautiful things being there is you know what we were we were essentially just like english conversation partners with these students who were You know, trying to learn English and learn how to speak English better because English is a language that's used a lot in the business world and is very important in a lot of countries for that purpose. So we were there trying to help them become better at that and just just talking. And I think that was like you know the most beautiful thing is like things like that where you know just generally talking and telling somebody about what you do can lead into you know an actual you know presentation of the gospel to them. And I think being, you know, I was 17 at the time we went and that, um, that for me was like a really big, big, you know, change in the way that I viewed evangelism and, and, you know, going, doing outreach and talking to people. It became more of like, Hey, you know, just go out and talk to people and let things happen naturally like if you're if you if if god is important in your life he's going to come up naturally in the way you talk to people and and that was a a beautiful thing that um kind of led into but because of the restrictions that we had and what we could do there it kind of like showed a better way you can connect with people and understand each other better by talking to them instead of just talking at them
1: yeah yeah absolutely i i I I, I think that was the same for me as well Mm -hmm. uh, going there Um, you know not that I would discredit anyone who tries to find a way to sort of um, have a a memorized way of being able to share the gospel effectively Mm -hmm. Um, it should never be a spiel or a sales pitch right ever Um, I'm not a fan of that but you know, if it helps you to, to sort of learn certain verses that help you share the gospel effectively, sure, absolutely. But, yeah, organically is is really the way to go. Sharing your story and what Jesus has done in your life, mm-hmm. um, that that is the most impactful. Um, I've seen the same thing as I've transitioned into, you know, really being a missionary in the Army, is that, um, you know, the Army culture isn't communist, but um, like a lot of workplaces – um, talks about you know obviously n- not harassing your coworkers, you know whether it be sexually or, um, you know verbal abuse and part of, and one of those things is you know not pushing your faith on your coworkers. Right. Um, it's not that we can't talk about our faith openly. We can. Um, we can worship freely. It's just not pushing it on to somebody else, and that's where we have to be strategic. But I also think we have to really look at how Jesus did it. Because um, I don't think Jesus would go into a workplace and necessarily push it on to somebody. Because mm-hmm. I think Jesus would let it happen organically. And it's about just showing people what's most important in your life, loving them, and uh, w- trusting that God's going to give you opportunity to share the gospel and share it organically. Mm-hmm. Um, because he absolutely will. Um, obviously, China did that for us. Um, it was one of those things that just... Enhanced our worldview. And um, again, it's not just mission trips that do this. There's a lot of things that I think can Mm -hmm. sort of wake us up to realities, even within our own city. Um, And it's not just... um, you know experiences necessarily I, I think there's a lot of things that can help shape that worldview obviously again the bible giving us that biblical worldview but it's our work in god's kingdom and the things that he's called us to and being willing to step outside that bubble and being willing to do something maybe that's uncomfortable um i can remember being at first baptist and helping out in the um ministry for the homeless you know we'd have mm-hmm. we'd have the night night at the end and um, talking to homeless people who, some had college degrees, and uh, oh, by the way, some of them wanted to be homeless. Mm -hmm. And here these were people, even in our own city, and uh, I just hadn't spent the time to sit and talk to them about why they decide to do what they do. And so things like that, um, it's doing something a little uncomfortable, following the Spirit's leading, um, to really help shape your worldview and understand the people around you, so that you can love them most effectively, bring Jesus to them most effectively. What are some other ways, maybe, that you feel like God has sh- helped shape your worldview? Um, whether it be experiences or conversations or or, or other places. Um,
2: I think, and you know, I talked I talked earlier about you know meeting people, you know, where they're at and not expecting them to come to me essentially um or you know come up come to my level to understand things you know and when we we went to puerto rico multiple times mm-hmm. um I, I went with we went with first baptist and then i went again um with the uh, community life and josh um again and we there was a lot of people that we worked with that didn't speak any english and, you know, again, being like in China, you know, that blocker is hard to get over sometimes if you don't have somebody that can translate for you. Um, but we did, one thing we did in Puerto Rico a lot was play basketball. And kids in Puerto Rico love basketball. And just, just, just being able to be there and be with them and connect over, non-verbally, over something that we have a mutual um, connection with, I think that kind of opened up a a way to me to where, you know, when you're meeting people where they're at, it's also about finding commonality with them. And, and, um, and I think we did, um, a lot of work, you know, we, we obviously didn't speak English, but we were able to open up avenues for people that were working with us that did speak Spanish and that could communicate with these kids. And, um, and I think that really helped kind of change the way I approach things when I'm, when I'm talking to people. I, I try to I try to come to people and be like, "Hey, I even people I speak the same language with, I'm like, I speak I want to know what makes you tick and I want to know what commonalities we have. And if there are differences, I genuinely take interest in how they think, what they think and what they want to tell me. Because if they're going to care, they need to know that you care." Yeah. And so I think that was, you know, two of the biggest things of changing my worldview was dealing with people that don't speak the same language as me and have completely different cultures than me. But it's, it's good to have that because it's even affected the way that I interact with people locally here in the States.
1: Absolutely. And it, you know, not only is it different cultures, but it's people who just think differently than you, yeah. even if we're the same culture. And so that can mean people that think different than us politically or people that think different than us about, You know, a a variety of of things or issues, Um, even people of different faiths Mm -hmm. and why they, um, you know, what what makes them tick as uh, a Muslim or as, um, you know, a a Jewish Mm -hmm. uh, believer or a um, a Mormon. And uh, that's been one of the cool things actually about army chaplaincy is I've been able to work with chaplains of different faiths and really sort of understand their worldviews a little bit better, Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to disagree, and that doesn't mean I, I change things, you know, as far as what I convictionally believe and what God has led me to understand through His Word and what He leads me to, but doesn't mean that I have to be a jerk or um, it doesn't mean that I have to be so prideful in that, that I don't take time to understand them and where they're coming from and love them Mm -hmm. and hear them and listen to them. Um, It's okay to sit down with somebody that you disagree with and have coffee so that you can come to an understanding. It's that love. And that's that understanding that I think is ultimately going to help us more effectively lead people to Jesus and for people to see him for who he is. And, um, I I think those are ways that can us again, expand our worldview, get us outside our bubble is not being afraid to have those conversations with people who think differently. Mm-hmm. Um, jokingly, we've been talking about the Flat Earth stuff and having conversations with people, granted via TikTok and Instagram, yeah. which is not the most ideal online, obviously. But uh, to be honest, it, it, it's been a little interesting to me. Even though I joke about some of these wild and wacky views, um, it's interesting to me. And, and I find myself wanting to know more. And I did ask the question to Jay, the mm-hmm. guy who is commenting so much on Flat Earth. I said, why does it matter? Right. And ultimately, at the end of the day, why does this issue matter? I understand you believe it. I understand there's a lot of weird things that you believe about it. But why does it matter? And unfortunately, he never really answered that question because mm-hmm. um, that that to me was the biggest thing that I wanted to understand. Like, why is it so important to get this issue right? And I think it's, it's worth having some of those conversations with people that disagree with you. Like, why does this matter so much in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, because when we just sort of dismiss it as that's stupid and we stomp on it, it's something that is very crucial to them. Um, and I think we automatically close a door to be able to share love and truth with them, even if we still disagree with why it matters to them. Right. Um, you know, if we just simply wipe it away and say, we don't care, like you said, then they're not going to care about what we care about. Right. So I think that's important. Yeah.
2: And I think that, I think that when, when dealing with people who differ from you, it's showing them that you love and that you care and they if as long as they walk away with that regardless if you if you end up agreeing on anything or not that's what's important because somewhere down the line that could be used you know by God to open up a, a door to them and Absolutely. you don't know when that could happen or who it could happen with it could be somebody else yep. they could be like hey this one person who said they were Christian showed they cared about me so I'm gonna be more receptive to this other person later down the line you know yeah. you never know what you're gonna what you're gonna affect
1: that's right Well, this has been good stuff. I mean, we could continue talking, but um, we probably need to wrap up. And it looks like Josh is not going to make it. So sorry, you're not going to see Josh's... uh, Dang. Dang, man. You're not going to see Josh's face on this uh, podcast unless he inserts it later.
0: Uh,
1: Ryan's going to finish his dang soda. And uh, we're going to finish this podcast. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully our reminiscing of our China trip maybe helped enhance your worldview a little bit. Um, maybe even some presuppositions that you had coming into this podcast about the world, China, or whatever. You thought, wow, okay, that's a little bit different than I thought. Um, if so, great. That That's really the goal of this is just that we continue to be lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously that wisdom comes from God, but I think God is continually teaching us every single day and we have to be open to it and realize we don't know it all because there are things daily that I'm like, okay, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't yeah. fully understand that. And that's okay. Um, what, what is it, um, that Socrates said like about, uh, true knowledge is knowing that you know nothing or something like that. I don't yeah, remember I don't I'm know probably exactly. getting that wrong. Uh. <laughs> I just remember in Bill and Ted, them saying that, Wild (laughs) Stallions, by the way, Um, Bill and Ted, uh, they said that and they're like, that's us, dude. (laughs) So yes, that's where we will end uh, Bill and Ted reference. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we hope that you guys have a fantastic
0: week and uh, keep learning. Hey everybody, Um, Josh here with my dog Harley. This is the dog that you hear barking in the background of a lot of our episodes. Well, until um, Jeff Ryan and myself started recording in the same room at Jeff's house. He has a dog, but his dog is nice and not weird and doesn't bark at everything. Um, But Harley's nice. He really is. Um, I give him a hard time because he's from Atlanta. And, um, you know, that's just such a different world down there. Uh, In fact, when we got him, you could tell that he had been hardened by, you know, that kind of life. And um, being raised in that atmosphere had kind of made him street hard, you know, like thug life. And so when we got him, he was a COVID purchase, um, which, you know, we're doubting now. But when we got him, we brought him to uh, southern middle Tennessee, where we lived in Shelbyville at the time. I want you to still be able to see him. See if I can, there we go, little sweet puppy. Um, we were living in Shelbyville, and much slower pace of life than Atlanta, and people are nicer and um, things like that. So it took him a bit to adjust, um, and he had a change of world view, right? Um, just going from Atlanta to Shelbyville, or Shebville, or Chevel, depending on how long you've lived in the area. So. Um, and that's kind of what you talked about on the podcast a little bit, just how, how we deal with um, when we're challenged with people of a different worldview and and how um, we should maybe broaden our, our worldview a little bit and definitely adopt more of a biblical worldview. Um, and so uh, I wanted to share just one thing that I've experienced in some of the travels I've had. I've, I've definitely been blessed to... Um to have opportunity to, to travel a few different places in um uh kinda kind of local international trips to Jamaica, um, Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico all I promise mission trips. Um we did serve the Lord there uh in each of those countries. Um and I know Puerto Rico is not a country, it's an unincorporated territory of the US. I, I get that. Um So I've been there, and then I've had the opportunity to be in several African countries on trips. I've been to uh, Malawi and Ethiopia, Rwanda, and Uganda. And one of the things that hits me every time I've been to those countries, because I've been to each one except Jamaica and Malawi multiple times, um, is how differently Christians in those contexts interact with each other not just with their society, but, but with each other, because it's so different than what we experience here uh, in the U.S., especially in the Southern United States. Uh, in so many of those places, they're, they're meeting in maybe, he might bark. They're meeting in, in makeshift uh, facilities, no air conditioning, maybe dirt floor, just depending on where you are and what the situation is. But one thing that they all had in common is that they love each other really well. Um, man, the the believers we were around were were selfless, giving, hospitable, welcoming, especially to strangers, people they didn't know, just kinda busting in on their church service. Um, And they live a much more communal type of lifestyle. And and here in the U.S., we live uh, an individualistic lifestyle and we're very isolated because of how our culture operates. And that's one of those things that I wish we could kind of understand better as a church, um, as as Christians, uh, how to love each other in a way that we see in some other places. And I do wonder if some of it is because we've got it so good here, right? We've got the freedom. We've got the resources. It's easy to go to church. Uh, It's easy to be a Christian. But it's just about us, and it's not so much about the community we're a part of. Um, I know that may not be true for every church but I feel like the majority of churches especially in um, the southeast are kind of like that uh, you just don't see that really anywhere else in the world except for maybe some European countries or where the church might be underground but I'll tell you even where the church is underground the type of community they have with each other is real and um, they really generally love each other as Jesus loved us which is what he told us to do love one another as I have loved you and I don't think we really experience that here in the States. And I wish we had a, a greater biblical understanding of that, a, a, a larger biblical worldview. Um, and that's one way I've been, I've been challenged. It's something I'm praying for in my life, that I can be that way with other believers, and then maybe even lead other believers to fight for that too. Um, so I'm glad you tuned in, um, because Jeff and I handle the editing responsibilities. Um, I get to do this. Lay on my kitchen floor with my dog that's no longer here. Um, I was at VBS last week. Um, I was the guy behind the camera taking all the pictures of the little kids. So yeah, creepy. Alright, that's my dollop. I'll see you guys next week.